Hello and welcome to the Tony Daily with me, Tony Kent. It's a podcast that invites you to come find yourself so you can listen to this and go, oh, thank God for that, it's not just me. And I can speak to you and say, it's not just you, it is also me. Um, I don't know what day it is in the series, maybe 159, maybe? Um, and it is a fairly mild afternoon uh, when I'm recording this for you and I'm by myself in the house. Oh, it's so nice. I've been waiting to be by myself in the house for a few days, it feels like, you know, when you think, oh, thank God, everybody's gone out. Um, turns out I wasn't feeling hungover yesterday. I was feeling a bit coldy because um, I got a bit of a cold. Maybe I was also a little bit hungover too. Um, but I went early to bed and did a good solid 11 hour sleep again. So uh, obviously my immune system is doing its thing. Um, I thought I would do another family history episode. And um, for those of you that listen regularly, you might know I am doing a memoir writing course. Um, and it was about, it was about the time I wrote my first book, Reasons to be Cheerful, part one. So it's a good, and it was when I left Microsoft, so 10, 11 years ago, I sketched out an idea for a book, which was called The Dead Dad Club. It's nice, isn't it? Um, that was kind of loosely based around the experiences I had at school when my dad died and my uh other, one of my friends' dads died and my other friend's mum died um, and kind of what how we got through it, what we got up to together. So there's always been a story there to be told um, and I am working my way through what is it that I actually want to say and how could it help other people um, and how could it make other people laugh because some of it is funny, um, some of it is black humour but um, there's moments in there that I think were formative there were formative moments things in there that happened that um dictated the direction of my life and the decisions that I made and um so that's kind of going on in the background of this daily podcasting every week we get a new module to study only runs for six seven weeks um but we did a piece this week which was focused on what is your story about and that you get five minutes to just sort of write just free flow write what is my story about um and then I ended up writing for 20 minutes so they say don't look at the time I just write and I felt a bit emotional afterwards I was oh my god there's all this stuff in here so I guess it made me realize that we have to be um go gentle on ourselves go easy on ourselves um, some of the things that um, we might want to talk about, we've got to find the right way to do it. And actually, in all of the stand-up and professional speaking and stuff like that that I do, there is an emotional cost because a lot of it is about telling my story. Um, and I was asked a question by Leanne. Hello, Leanne, listener questions um, about what my grandparents were like because I talk about breaking cycles and how um whether my parents experiences then I guess influenced how they parented and there is always the argument that says that it is sort of how we are parented influences how we choose to parent 
And I'm very focused on that word choice because we've always got a choice, even if it's in a split second when you know you shouldn't be losing your shits. There's always a moment of always a moment of choice. Um, and I've spoken a bit about my dad's family a couple of days ago. I think it's episode 157, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And something that sort of sprung to mind for me, actually, in reflecting on that episode, was that I have no memory of my dad speaking about him being a boy, really, or how he was parented. Um, and And... So we don't sort of know. And I was only 14 when he died. So there's a lot that you don't get to talk about when you're a teenager, um, unless you've got a parent like me that's got verbal diarrhea. Um, But by contrast, my mum used to speak a lot about her upbringing. And part of the way in which she spoke about it um, created a very conscious decision within myself. And... uh, well, to put it bluntly, she was incredibly rude about her mum all the time. And I don't know what it was like for her growing up. And this is the truth, isn't it? You can never truly know. You never truly know. Um, you can only, I guess, try and empathise and listen and understand. Um, and there was never really a full explanation. But what we did know was that and this was this was my reading of it and actually what I should um say as a um can't think of the right word for it but this is just about my experiences and my recollections and one person's recollection may be different from someone else's so from my experience um yeah my my mum was just really rude about her mum in front of us and used to um encourage us to get involved and she used to say really um and and this is the thing that was a real light bulb moment for me when I was introduced to the concept of um and I've always known about like what emotional um intelligence so you've got your you know EQ and IQ and being introduced to the concept of emotional immaturity was such a light bulb for me because it explained so much. So if I were to think about how my mum spoke about her mum, it was like listening to an angry, upset child a lot of the time. And if you've got an angry, upset child, they may try to involve other children in their anger and upset. Or, oh, let's be horrible about her. That one over there, she's this, she's that. And it was very much like that. And you think, it's not right, is it? Really? Um, And so because of my experience of that, I resolved that I would never speak about my mum in that way to my children. Because I don't think like that anyway. But there there is that... um, distinct line to be drawn between parent and child and so um, if you have emotional maturity you wouldn't encourage your children to call their grandparent a name that you called them would you no 
Um, and from what I understand and coming to the breaking cycles part, so I, I resolved I wouldn't um, speak unkindly about my mum um, in general because I wanted to understand why she was the way she was and I certainly wouldn't do that with my children. Um, but from what I understood, my my mum, so it, it ended up they were estranged uh, and as I was led to believe and as I was told, my grandmother didn't speak to her mother either. So there was also always this sense in me of, I don't want to not have a relationship with my mother. And what happened? However, I think that um, the process I went through of, I think I explored pretty much every avenue to work out, is it possible to have a relationship? And it came to the point where it was not, or not to have an active relationship. And I talk about that in some other episodes. So I'm trying to be kind of focused on what were the cycles that I wanted to break. So there were some very clear ones. If I think about my maternal line, the first one was, um, I didn't want to be rude about my, uh, I wanted to choose my language far more carefully and not bring my children into whatever was going on in the adult relationships that I had. So that was one thing. The other was I didn't want loads of kids. So <laughs> my my uh, mum is one of five um, and she had six children and I was like, absolutely no way. I don't want loads of kids. Um, initially, I didn't want any children because I was very fearful of um, ending up by myself. Um, my maternal grandmother was widowed young um, and my mum was widowed young. So if you are interested in um, psych psychology, then um, there is this concept of intergenerational trauma. And I suppose you could view it that way, that... Um, yeah, there was, and, and actually for myself, I, I lost my, my granddad and my dad within a couple of years of each other. Um, and then if you look on the paternal side, you know, as, as I mentioned before, my dad's mum was widowed three times. Um, so my dad, dad had died, his sister died when they were teenagers. So, um, and, and his family were Irish. And if you want to, you know, read up on something about intergenerational trauma, then just have a look at the colonisation of Ireland and what happened there. So, um, yeah, there, there was definitely a sense of I did not want to find myself in that position because actually what I sensed was that often my mum was very unhappy and um, I guess I thought, okay, so what are the things that I can do? <laughs> How can I shape my own life? And really it was that breaking the cycle of being um, a housewife and dependent on a partner's income, um, being dependent on the state for a widow's pension or a pension or for housing benefit for your housing full stop. Um, I wanted to be in a position where I could perhaps take more control of my own destiny because I knew there was, you know, uh, a bigger world out there. And then um, health-wise, 
my mum had a lot of, you know, I started running, I've mentioned in a previous episode, my mum had um, heart failure. And so I started running and I'd always, I'd always done some form of exercise, even since school. Um, my my mum's mum had heart failure and um, uh, lung um, problems. My mum also had a, a lung condition. So, you know, I'm thinking, hmm, the outlook is not good for me. If, and I remember actually, my mum was always on about need to list down all of the family illnesses. You need to know this. And whenever I went to see um, a doctor's, they'd say, and what health conditions are there in your family? And I'd be like, I need two sheets of A4 for this and I'm going to write on both sides. OK, so I think, um, yeah, that was some areas where I felt I didn't want the same and I had to figure out how to make that happen. And the fortunate thing for me was that um, I came to that conclusion really, really early on. And this is something that I feel really strongly about is that sometimes that if you don't see that like gap, it's almost like blinking, you miss it. It's so easy. It is so easy to be trapped. So easy. Um, um, you know, just you could be just a couple of decisions away from being in dire, <laughs> being in dire straits. I don't mean the band, um, but part of me quite likes that. Well, I was only a couple of decisions away from being in dire straits. Um, but I think it's true. You know, there's some real conscious decision making that took place when I was at a very young age and pretty messed up as well. But I remember the last time I was offered like, some LSD and I said no. But that was a moment where I knew I had to say no. And I didn't ever touch it again after that. And that it was like a crossroads decision making moment. Um, so I think I always had it in my head as an idea very early on that I wanted something other than what was likely to happen for me and from what my mum might have wanted for me. You know, she wanted me to stay close, to keep supporting, to um, always be there. But that is to deny your children the opportunity to grow up and become adults um, and have a <laughs> bit of self-actualization. Mm. Psychology fans. So um, what do I hope for you? I hope if you're having a difficult relationship with your parents or if you have a difficult relationship with your parents, if you did have a difficult relationship with one of your parents and, and as is the case with me and, and they have died while you're estranged, just know that you're not on your own. That's why I hope you know that you are not on your own. Um, I'm going to leave it here for today. If you think someone would benefit from hearing this episode of the podcast, please give it a share. If you have got something from it, please let me know. Um, if you've been here for a while supporting the podcast, thank you for doing that. And um, I will be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>